I tell people all the time, you know, moving abroad isn't going to solve your issues because everywhere you go, you bring yourself. And that goes for regardless if you're abroad or not. Every chapter of your life, you bring yourself. So if you are not liking the results, we have to look at ourselves. And that sucks because it's like, I want it to be everyone else. Everyone else sucks, not me. <laughs> like, I'm right. Great. Absolutely. You have to be honest with yourself and you can't take, you know, mindsets that don't serve you, especially abroad. I always tell people, you will break your own heart manifesting the exact same cycles you were trying to escape in the US, the UK, wherever, in a foreign land. Welcome to Flourish in the Foreign, an award-winning podcast that celebrates, elevates, and affirms the voices and stories of Black women living and thriving abroad while exploring living abroad as a pathway to wellness. I'm your host, Christine Job, a Black American woman with Trinidadian roots, podcaster, business strategist, and entrepreneur based in Valencia, Spain. Hey everyone, welcome to Flourish in the Foreign. I am Christine, and I'm so happy that you have decided to listen to this episode. Very excited. Now, if you are new to the podcast, perhaps you have not checked out the Flourish in the Foreign website, where you should. There are so many resources to help you get, stay, and thrive abroad. And also, there are blog posts that really talk about not only moving abroad, but also the sustainability and longevity of living abroad. How do you do that and why do you do that? You can check that out at flourishintheforeign.com. So if you guys remember my 100th episode, whoop, whoop, very excited, it was an Ask Me Anything episode and I actually got so many great questions. Thank you so much. For those of you that didn't have a chance to submit your question, I am taking them on a rolling basis, I've decided. I think I will compile them for an Ask Me Anything segment, but I might just start answering them, at least one of them in each episode. I haven't decided yet. It depends on how many questions I get. So if you're wanting to ask me a question and you really want to get my opinion on something, go ahead and submit your question. You can do so. There's a link in the description of this episode. And if you're on the Flourish in the Foreign newsletter, there's always a link at the very end of the emails where you can submit your question or you can reply to the email with your question as well. So I got a lot of questions about Build a Business Abroad. People, people want the program back. And I told y'all, I put it on a hiatus and I got an overwhelming response about that. A lot of y'all are like, hiatus, hiatus. Let's get to popping with this business. And I love that. That makes me feel both anxious, but also excited to bring you guys something really cool, which I am actually working on. So in the meantime, between time, I've decided to do something that I never do. And y'all who've been listening to the podcast long enough know that I have not been doing this. <laughs> but I'm actually going to do a limited time offer. And y'all also know when I say limited time I mean that. I'm going to do a limited time offer for a one hour consult with me about your business. Yeah, because I just got excited listening to you and reading some of your business 
ideas and and issues. So I want to help y'all out. Now, as you guys know, I'm just a strategist. I don't usually do a la carte, like one-off consulting sessions. And when I do, my hourly rate starts at around $350. That's just what it is, y'all. You know, if you're like, $350, well, y'all go to my website, christinejob.com, and y'all will figure out why. But I'm actually going to do a like a discount. This is not open for previous or current clients. Sorry, this is only for the newbies who are like, where do I start? Where do I go? And I'm actually going to do this for $150 an hour, which is an incredible discount that I do not ever do. But I actually, I really want to talk to y'all. So this is what I'm going to do for y'all. It is a limited time offer. My books are only open through the end of June. And that unfortunately does not mean that you will be able to book anytime during June, because what ends up happening is that my calendar gets booked with a lot of other things. And so for this offer, it's kind of like getting where you fit in kind of thing. So if you're serious for real, you need to go ahead and book with me. Okay. Don't hem and haul. Don't be like, well, I don't have an idea. You can come with no idea. We'll talk about how to get an idea. And probably by the time I finish talking to you, you get an idea. You don't have to be like, I'm, I don't know if I have a business. We will get you straightened out by the end of the hour, because that is what I do ask around about me. Okay. We will get you straight now. This is not the time for you to doubt yourself. This is the time for you to bet on yourself. An opportunity like this, at least for me, is not going to come back around. I'm not going to be like, haha, just joking at, you know, around, I don't know, Christmas or something like that. Y'all know it. If y'all been around here long enough, y'all know I'd be like, this is what it is. This is what it ain't. So if you are interested, go ahead and sign up for a Build a Business Abroad one-hour strategy consult with me today. Do not wait, okay? Half of the year is already done. Where do you want to be with your business? And where do you want to be on your moving abroad journey? If you aren't abroad and this is going to be helpful for you to get abroad, where do you want to be? If you are abroad and you're just not thriving abroad the way you want to be, Where do you want to be at the end of the year? At some point, you have to just lay it all down and take the step. Don't worry. I'm going to be very gentle with you. But this is the time. Again, you can find the sign-up link in the description of this episode. And you can find it in the emails that I send out. So be sure that you are signed up for my emails so that you are the first ones to sign up. All right. On to this week's episode. Season 4, Episode 13. This episode is a podcast swap with the lovely Kelly Bonner of Black Girl Burnout Podcast. Yes, I am so excited to do this podcast swap. I absolutely adore Kelly. She has been a past guest on this podcast twice So if you have not checked out her episodes on Flourish on the Foreign, they are available for you to listen to. The links are in the description of this episode. Full disclosure, Kelly is a client of mine. We have worked together for quite a while now, 
And I adore her because she is a fantastic client, but also I adore her because of the incredible information and incredible impact she is making in this world. So without further ado, I'm going to let Kelly tell you all about it. Welcome to the Black Girl Burnout Podcast. Kelly here, and I'm excited. It's the time of the month where we do our guest interview. I'm so excited to be speaking to Christine Job. Let me tell you a little bit about Christine and why she's fabulous and why we're talking to her today. She's originally from Atlanta. She's an award-winning podcaster and business strategist. She's currently based in Spain, and Christine's podcast, Flourish in the Foreign, celebrates elevates and affirms the voices and stories of Black women living and thriving abroad, while also exploring living abroad as a path to wellness. Launched in 2020, Flourish in the Foreign was shortlisted for the International Women's Podcasting Awards in 2021 and won the Black Podcasting Awards Best International Podcast Award that same year. It was included in Apple Podcasts 2023 Black History Podcast Spotlight in everything. As a business strategist, Christine helps Black women and women of color to leverage their expertise and talents into viable and sustainable businesses, businesses that make her clients professionally fulfilled and financially abundant while pursuing thriving lives abroad. So that's Christine Job, who we're talking to today. That's the bio. Now let me tell you about Christine, the woman that I know. Christine and I have been friends for about now three years. She's also helped me in my business. We connected on the fact that we both lived abroad, but Christine has a unique and beautiful vision of really cultivating, planting roots, sowing seed, and bringing to harvest your best gifts, and most importantly, a life of joy ease, and abundance for folks who live overseas. She's got a beautiful mission. She's a wonderful person. She's wise beyond her years, and I'm so excited to talk to her. As always, we're going to have all of her goodies and ways to connect with her and, more importantly, listen to the podcast. That's going to be all in the show notes, so check those out. But in the interim, let's set the stage for this week's conversation with Christine Job. I want to talk to her all about how she has created this life for herself while living in Spain and how she has opted out of struggle and opted into her legacy and inheritance of joy. So this first episode today is going to be all about how Christine opts out of struggle. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited today. We have Christine Job with us from Flourish in the Foreign. And I could not be more excited to have you on today's episode as our guest, as we talk about the concepts that are near and dear to both of our hearts as Black women who are pursuing lives of joy. I'm just excited to get into this. So as we always start, we always start by saying, like, I want you to describe who you are. I'm going to have already talked about that. So we've already covered it, but I want to hear from you. Who is Christine Job? Where are you from right now? And a little bit about yourself. Goodness, who is Christine Job? Well, I am a podcaster. I'm a business strategist, a writer. 
I'm a daughter and a sister. Definitely heavy on the big sister. I feel like I was born to be a big sister and I like encompass that role really well. I'm originally from Atlanta. And so I'm Black American, although my father is from Trinidad, so I'm also Caribbean. And I'm currently based in Valencia, Spain. I've lived in Spain for the past six years. And so when I think about who I am, I do have almost like these two parts of me, this Christine from the U.S., and this Christine that lives in Spain. And I'm not sure if they've been fully integrated, to be honest. I think Christine that lives in Spain lives a very soft life, normally, really playful life. But because I work with U.S.-based clients, I'm still very much based in the U.S. I'm still very, you know, go, 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 ambitious person. I don't know if I answered that question, but that's a good one to start with. <laughs> like, am I? I, you know, I start with the softballs right out the gate. Tell us who you are. What is your life's dream? You know, what is the meaning of life, Christine? You know, the easy ones. But I think you did answer the question. I think encapsulate you. Christine and I met on the interwebs through this kind of group about helping black women. I feel it was like black women entrepreneurs or something like that. And we had this immediate connection. I remember we were like on a meeting with like this mastermind. And I remember I was just like, oh, Christine lives in Spain. And I had just come back from living in Europe for like the last five years. And I was just like tapping away on like a chat to be like, we need to be friends. We need to absolutely connect because you have the life that I want to return to and a life that I've lived. And there's something about folks who live internationally and particularly black women, that there's just this camaraderie and this connection of like, you get it. And the way you talked about living abroad you get it. And so it was like, yeah, I need to connect with this woman. This woman needs to be my friend. And it kind of went from there. It's been years now, but it, it went from there. And then I also agree with the piece about when I lived overseas, there were two parts of me for sure. Like there was the Kelly in Italy and England who was much more chill by like 4.30, worked done at 4.30 by five. I'm in the piazza having my spritz, just read a book right? Every day. And then there was corporate Kelly that was like, nah, girl, you got a side hustle and your side hustle has a side hustle. And those places were so, they were so far apart as to who I was. And in those two places that it took me a long time to reconcile them. And I was actually kind of resentful for the first couple of years I came back to the States as an aside, because I was like, we're soft life Kelly. Like this is zero out of 10, would not recommend this existence of full-time corporateness. So I totally understand that different that line. That's what's so fascinating about living abroad is that you recognize in the theme of your show, the things that you get to opt out of and the things that yes. you get to opt into. And so I find with a lot of my guests on the podcast who have repatriated back to their home country, that becomes a very sobering realization it's no longer, this is all I know. This is all there could possibly be. It's like, no, I'm intentionally opting in. Now, regardless if it's, you know, I won't say on your own free will, but like, if, regardless if you, you really wanted to come back or not, you're intentionally opting back into a society, expectations, perhaps family dynamics that perhaps now you realize like, oh, I didn't have to. 
And that becomes the, the struggle is when you know better, you want to do better. And so returning back to something that no longer serves you becomes really hard. It's, it's hard once you, you've tasted the rainbow. You're like, Oh, I don't <laughs> want to come back here. This is not working for me. And that does dovetail really into my question for you because this has been in so many ways a lifelong journey for you into opting out, right? And you talk about those two sides. So how have you, you know, the theme of this podcast is opting out of struggle, right? And rejecting kind of cultural and historical myths about Black women and Black women's lives as a way to turn toward the good and to opt into something else. So how have you or how did traveling and moving to Spain help you opt out? I would say that we have to go all the way back at least until I was in law school. So I attended the University of Miami Law School now like 10 years ago, which feels feel kind of way about it. I'm like, what are we talking about? And I have to go back to law school because... It was in law school, a lot of amazing and beautiful things happened for me, but also I really got to know myself. And that's when the discomfort of who I was and who I wanted to become and my trajectory that I was on really started like rubbing up against each other. So I was the first person in my entire family on both sides to go to professional school like I don't come from lawyers, <laughs> you know, I, I was going to school out of state, you know, and I had landed in a situation where, you know, I'm around, if you haven't been to Miami, a lot of wealth. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm Southern. So we don't really talk about it. We're not flashy. And in Miami, you do, you do talk about yeah, it. You, you are flashy. And I was going to school with people who, not everyone, but a lot of people who had parents who had law firms. They had a job. So that was really different for me. Also, though, I was in an experience where for undergrad, I went to PWI. And I mean, University of Miami is a private school, I guess PWI. But I had a, a robust and diverse group of Black in all the variations, Caribbean, African, American, of students and cohorts. And that really changed my perception as well of who I was. And so I, I have to say, bring all those things together because all these things were kind of working together of I'm in this space where I'm like, wow, this is so vibrant and so amazing. I had like the best friends. Like a lot of people go to law school and it's like very traumatic and people steal their yeah. notes and they steal their books and they're so mean to them. And I'm sure that happened actually in my class, maybe not my section because my section was very nice. I'm sure that cutthroat thing was happening, but I had like a very cozy experience with like community, you know, some my best friend, one of my best friends from like still to this day, I met in law school and I had that warmth. But on the other side, I had the burden, I would say, of carrying my family's expectations. My mom wanted me to be a lawyer. Yeah, I remember distinctly when I was five years old, I was with my grandmother. She was watching her stories and I was acting out what I saw on television like I, and someone had just died. So I was like, ah, uh, uh, I died. And she was like, oh my gosh, that was a beautiful, you're gonna be a wonderful actress. My mom's like, no, she's gonna be a lawyer. Like I remember that. And so that was always in the back of my mind is like, I need to be a lawyer. I need to go do this. And so when I'm 
at the University of Miami and I'm pursuing it, I'm doing things that are expected of me and I'm going really hard. You know, your first year, you're not really supposed to work or do anything, but I went out and got an externship and I was networking because I was like, I don't know anybody. I need to make, you know, connections, I need to have a job and had really great opportunities. I worked for Zumba one summer and also a federal magistrate judge. Like I was having these great opportunities that kept on leading me to, I don't want to practice traditionally. I've done all these cool things and I just didn't know how to really express that. And then I ended up actually, I became the first Black woman president of my law school. And that was, I'm not a political person. I realized after that, I was like, I like playing that game and all those things. So I had all these expectations and these prestigious things that are happening. But I, as a person, was evolving. And I was like, I don't like what's ahead of me. This is not really who I am. And chance kind of email meeting or email, I read about this incredible teacher who was an entrepreneur on the main campus. I went and tried to stalk her because she was like this fabulous, like she had an incubator on campus. I was like, oh, I just got to meet her. She knows all the answers to my life. And I ended up becoming a, a legal fellow for this incubator that then took me abroad after law school. So when I graduated from law school, I didn't, I wasn't a lawyer. I didn't take the bar exam. Like I was on a trade mission to Namibia and South Africa because that's what I wanted to do. And I had to follow my, my heart, even though everyone thought I was nuts because I was law school president. So I had a lot of connections. I knew people like I could get a job if I took the bar exam and to go your own way in such a traditional career field and with your expectations of, you know, your black mama and Caribbean parent and grandparents is really difficult. It's really, really difficult. So that was my first time of really opting out of other people's expectations. And let me tell you, it wasn't easy. And I think it like was traumatic because people's expectations and disappointments, it's not like a one-time thing. It's an ongoing situation. People thinking, basically continuously thinking like, you're so great, but you've messed it up. And that coming up, coming from friends and family, friends being like, girl, when are you going to stop with this foolishness? And And that's hurtful because you're like, I don't feel like I'm playing around. I feel like my my heart, my soul wants to do something else. And everyone's telling me I'm wrong. And so I think that is really tricky because I think so many of us don't trust ourselves. And we learn that from, from our experiences because people tell us not to trust ourselves. And then societally, you know, or socially rather, people reinforce that. They're like, you don't know what you're talking about. Whatever you're feeling is stupid. Dead that. And then those on. dreams. Like, kill those dreams. Yeah. Kill those dreams. It was really, that was my first experience of opting out. And I say that because it wasn't a pretty experience. Like, yeah, I went on business trade mission. It is, that's cool. Yes. But it, it wasn't linear and it wasn't neat. Like I, I got a job after law school. I was in South Africa, Namibia. But then, you know, that job didn't last very long because I had a death in my family that changed the whole dynamics of my family. I mean, the effects of it are still felt today. And I had to go back to Atlanta 
And I had to then try to figure out what I wanted to do and how to stay true to myself when, you know, there wasn't a game plan. There wasn't a role model. And I wasn't being encouraged to do so. Everyone was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And stop doing that. Yeah. You know? And and honestly, you know, as a Black woman, people are just like, and this is what's so funny, because I think I also was suffering from burnout, which I did not know anything about because it wasn't talked about. So no one, none of my friends or family were like, think you're like anxious and depressed. You might be burned out. They were just like, you're being weird. <laughs> just just be a lawyer. Stop it. Just go do something different. It really does make it. It makes a difference. I love what you said about one, the opt out not being neat or linear, because I think the other thing is the concept of the opt out is not something that you just do once and this inspiration and the music swells behind you and like everyone cheers and throws confetti and especially when you're opting out of struggle, because you're usually in a space where struggle is every which direction, or you're seeing struggle in different places, or you know you're going to meet against people who have decided that struggle is just their right. Like, this is just life. Life is like not for dreams. Life is for practical, get things done. Particularly if you're folks from the diaspora who are like, there's a lot of pressure for folks to do certain kind of jobs. And to be certain kind of careers. And it's it really is not neat and linear. It's also not something you do once. You know, we talk about that a lot. Like it's a discipline. It's not a destination. It's like, well, one time I opted out and I went to Namibia and now I'm living the opt out. And I think that is a, I just applaud you for bringing that level of honesty into the picture that there are going to be people's reaction to you opting out is like, stop the foolishness. Start, <laughs> do something different with your life. Are you okay? You know, people who are like in the struggle weighed down are going to look at you and be like, but are you okay though? Do we need to talk about something? And so I really applaud you for bringing that into the room because I do think that people need to hear it and one can relate to that. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Flourish in the Foreign. And if you are, be sure to support this podcast by going to buymeacoffee.com slash flourishforeign and buying me a coffee. You can also write a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and anywhere else you listen to the show. Thank you so much for listening and supporting. Now, back to the episode. I mean, what I have learned, and it took me a long time. So everyone, please don't be like me. Get it the first time. When you opt out of something, you need to. It's necessary for you to opt into something else to fill that void. Because I opted out of being a traditional lawyer. I didn't opt out of like a toxic relationship with work and how hard and how much I was working. I didn't opt out of my value as a person being tied to what I did and the fact that I wasn't a lawyer and I wasn't, you know, a really fancy incubator consultant and I wasn't jet setting at the time. I was just like, oh, I'm worth nothing. And I am, who am I? Everyone is right. 
even though I had a feeling and a knowing that I needed to do something else, I didn't have anything within me to support that. I hadn't opt out of that toxic thinking and association. I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't in therapy because I didn't think anything was wrong with me. I was like, of course, who you are as a person is directly tied to your productivity. I mean, hello, what's going on? I had no, I had not opted out of the thinking, which might be even more important than necessarily the situation or the job, because I found myself, I felt like I was floundering for a couple of years. Like I was just like, I was, you know, I produced a music festival. I, you know, I was doing actually some legal work on the side. I was consulting with some startups in Atlanta. Like I was, but I felt like I was spinning my wheels a lot. And I think it's because I, I hadn't opted out of that mindset and I hadn't opted into team Christine. I had opted into the idea of, I want to be impressive to people. Yeah. yeah. Like I need people to be like, you're cool. And you're successful. But really opted into team Christine, team me. Like, I like you. You're amazing. You have something to say. You have a way of doing it and it's valid. And that's great. I hadn't opted into that. That kind of transitions us, you know, we're going to talk next about, you know, you can opt out of things, but if you can opt out, but there's going to be always a gap or a space. And if you don't fill it with the good and opting into good, then the bad or the unhealthy creeps back in. So let's transition. Let's move now. I want to talk about next how you opted in to this life of wellness. Welcome to the Black Girl Burnout Podcast. Kelly here. And this week continues our conversation with Christine Joe, business strategist and host of the Flourish in the Foreign podcast. Now, earlier in the week, you heard us talk about how Christine is opting out of struggle and how she's been able to do that starting in college all the way to how she's living her life now. But this is the part of the conversation where we shift into finding out how people are accessing our inheritance as Black women, how they are accessing joy. And today we're going to talk about how Christine accesses joy in her professional life. It's a very moving and inspiring conversation about how she's created a truly incredible life for herself. As always, the information for how to connect with Christine is going to be in the show notes, as well as the link to her podcast, Flourish in the Foreign. All right, let's get into it. All right. So we are back with Christine Job from Flourish in the Foreign, the podcast about helping women cultivate a life well lived via living abroad. And we talked about in the last episode, your kind of journey to opting out, that it wasn't neat. It wasn't linear. And that even when you in some ways opted out, there were still struggles that you had because you hadn't fully, you said, opted into Team Christine. And so the setup here for you is, as you know, in the podcast, we talk about if we're rejecting cultural and historical myths and a legacy that tells us that we're meant to struggle and meant to be exhausted and meant to just be 
heavy and weighed down by our legacy, that if we reject that, we have to replace it with something. And so our true legacy, our true inheritance as Black women is one of joy, is one of abundance and community and and just a life of beauty. And so how did opting into Team Christine help you access those qualities in your life. And let's first just talk briefly about you doing that professionally for this episode. And then we always close with the personal. So let me know how did opting into Team Christine and betting on yourself have you access joy and community and abundance and beauty in your professional life? So professionally, it's it's changed everything because it's changed how I perceive myself. You know, before, you know, I was a, I was a gifted and talented student. I did all the AP classes. I was told I'm very analytical and, and law school was great for me and all those other things. When you opt into to yourself, it requires you to get to know yourself and to give the voices and the interests a little like encouragement. And so opting into myself has totally changed my profession in a way. I'm still a business strategist, but now I'm an award-winning podcaster too. It's allowed me to really explore the things that I love and that I'm interested in, in a way that's truly in alignment with myself. Meaning for, you know, business strategy, I work with people who are purpose driven and that's not lip service. I need people to really care about what they're doing. I'm a good business strategist and I could, I could probably help everybody, but no, my passion is helping black women and women of color who are purpose-driven and who are impact-driven, who are trying and and succeeding in creating differences in the world. That's important to know that about myself. And that has changed the game for me, truly. I am the type of person that, you know, if I'm drawing something, it's going to be a sun in the corner of the paper with like the little (laughs) sticks of rays and then like a little like... (laughs) early cloud and a tree. And it's been like that since I was five. You're not getting really much else from me. But by opting into myself, I also opted into a different definition of creativity. Yes. That actually allowed space for me to play and for me to be known and for me to accept myself as a creative. And I think that has been so magical. And honestly, that was part of me opting into this life abroad that gave me the time and the resources and the inspiration to do that. But again, it was a cultivation of that, of of betting on myself, of saying, I want to create something that doesn't exist. And instead of being like, this is what I used to do all the time. I'm like, hey guys, this is a really cool idea. Would you like to do this so I could listen to it? Please. Someone, someone, anyone, you know, like basically the direct opposite of people who are like, Oh, I don't want anyone to steal my idea. I actually pushed this idea for flourish in the foreign for like two, three years. I was like, someone should do this. And it wasn't until I reframed my concept of myself. I'm a creative. I can take something out of my brain and put it on paper. I'm a creative. I can do things. I can at least try. 
And the process of coming up with and producing and executing my podcast has honestly been the most healing thing about my experience of being abroad. I always tell people, moving abroad is not going to heal you from anything. So don't do that. Don't think like, I'm going to move to Bali, even though Bali is amazing. It's not going to solve your problems. And the people of Bali are not going to solve your problems. You are going to heal yourself in this experience. And that's what it did. It gave me the inspiration. It gave me the time and creating and meeting all the women that I have met and to affirm themselves and affirm myself by, by giving them a platform for their stories has been the most transformational experience of my professional life, definitely my personal life as well, but professional life, because it has It has allowed me to confidently bet on myself, my ideas on Black women. I'm like, oh, no, yeah. I always bet on Black, of course, because like we're amazing and everything is fantastic. So for me, opting into team me is also opting into another possibility of how I could be and express professionally. How could I serve? And how I define success That's also the thing. And I'm not looking for the same eyes that I think I was looking for to be in the audience to affirm me. I'm like, I don't care what y'all doing. I mean, I hope you're well, but I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. So then it becomes, it, it really starts transforming that whole professional experience about who do I want to connect with and why. And, and also it really did change my own concept of value. Like, I think I still am in the process of like, I need to stop being so busy because I haven't met a project that I don't like. And I'm like, I live in Spain. Take a siesta. Now I do take naps. I do. But like, your girl is busy all the time. And, but I like it. I'm doing all the things I love to do. But also it's because I think being in this new concept of creativity and professionalism and professional world, I, I bet on myself. I, I ask a lot. I'm like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but do you think this is a cool idea? Can you talk to me? And I'm, I'm a lot bolder, I think, because I don't have a concept of like, Oh, you can't do this. Like, I didn't know anything about podcasting. I just asked people, I was like, Hey, support me. Yeah. I don't, oh, you're, you run the head of marketing at so-and-so podcasting service. Okay. But can we talk on zoom? I think that's also what is amazing. It's, it's created a space for me to play. It's created, it's created space for me to ask boldly. I don't even know if it's really boldly. I think it's, I just don't know any better. I just feel like, I don't know. Yes. But there's nothing wrong with that. There's like literally, and I think the other piece that is the thread running through this is, is joy. Like you are talking about healing, but the other thing, clearly this podcast has brought joy into your life. And I do believe that people who are more joyful are more confident. They see that kind of the benefits around them. They see the world from a different perspective and that makes them bolder. That just makes you to be like, well, the world is not even boldness. It's like the world is good. I can continue to bring more goodness. Like I've already, you know, the affirmation for the year for me is like there's more and more and still more. And I think that pathway to joy 
really does affirm that like you can get the things that you're looking for. You can have a kind of abundant life. It's also brought in community. Like you talk about, you've met these black women. Now you're like, I bet I'm black because I have the evidence, right? In the community that I have built starting from law school, going into this life that has helped you fully kind of replace struggle fully kind of replace the kind of burnout and negativity that may have once have been in your life or the trajectory of your life that now you have this more richness. So I I just wanted to call that out too, that that seems to be, and have you just quickly respond to that before we talk about the personal, like where joy is in this process. Definitely. Joy is in the center of everything that I do professionally which as I'm saying it, I'm like, is that true? It's like, yeah, it really is. Because yeah, I'm busy. And sometimes I'm like, what do you mean? You know, like responding to emails, you know, there's always something, there's always something. But no, I sit down and listen to my podcast and I'm like, dang, this thing is good. It's good. Yeah, I got it. I co-sign that. Travel conversations don't have to just be about the destination. I'm Dee Carey, and I host Travel and Ship Podcast. Every Thursday, myself and the occasional guest have a nuanced conversation about the intersection of travel and basic life shit. We touch on topics like digital surveillance abroad, how your decision-making style affects your travel, and folklore in the diaspora. Those nuanced conversations are alongside destination reviews and travel growth strategies. Guests range from an air traffic controller, marine biologist, expats, and other really unique personalities at the intersection of life and travel. Think Sherry Shepard's Emmy-nominated makeup artist, one of Beyonce's dancers, and a National Geographic travel show host. Check out Travel and Ship Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or visit TravelandShipPodcast.com. That's T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N, S-H-I-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. Oh, wow. And I, I get an email about someone moving to Japan because they listen to my podcast. And I, I first get stricken. I'm like, but wait, you did your research, right? And like, yes. That'd be a one star that'll be like, Christine said to go abroad to be well. Now I'm here in Japan stranded. Zero stars. You know, like that is joy for me. People, people seeing themselves or I had a guest Oh my gosh, Jesse, she's a fine artist and and Paris. She just dropped me a note a couple of weeks ago and was like, I just re-listened to our episode and I just love it. The thing is, is that there are so many phenomenal women, regardless of you living abroad or not, that don't think that they're incredible. And so for me, it is an incredible privilege that people trust me with their stories and that they can see the beauty in themselves and their stories for them for themselves they can say oh wait i've been been doing the thing and then other people who are affirmed by them being themselves and see themselves to living a life well lived on your own terms so these are all the things that i i talk about and i promote in my professional life and in business strategy i encourage all of my clients to build a business based upon wellness principles so that it can be sustainable so that it can be long you know serving and so that it can be infused with joy because these women are joyful in the impact and the service that they're providing and so 
my whole professional life is centered on joy and the things that I like to do. There is a lot of things that sometimes I'm like, come on, let's go. What's this? Let's, you know, yes. at the center of everything that I do is awesome. Like it's incredible, actually. It sounds good from this vantage point. I mean, <laughs> I I see no no real spots for major complaints, and I, I agree. Like I, I love that you said at the center of this is an echo chamber of joy. Like you've created a place that it, joy is reinforced professionally. It's not just like oh I'm joyful. It's like no every I've created a, a life professionally where joy is at the center and it just reinforces itself. It's like joy reinforces joy. And you meet these amazing people and they, the joy touches them. And they're like, yeah, I want to re-listen to this episode. I was really smart on this episode. I'm incredible. And then you're seeing, you know, you get joy from that. So that makes a ton of sense to me and is honestly just beautiful. And I think so many people really dream of having a professional life the way that you're having it. And so that takes us to our last piece that we always ask people, which is how they're opting in, in their personal life, how they're centering joy or abundance or community in their personal. So next episode, let's, let's pick up there. Welcome to the Black Girl Burnout Podcast. Kelly here. Today is the third and final installment of our conversation with Christine Job. This time we dig into how Christine is creating a life of joy and accessing her inheritance of joy and community in her personal life. You know, I'm very passionate about talking about how as black women, I do believe that we often get our business right, but we struggle to have balance in our personal lives and to really believe that we can center joy in the things not related to achievement, but just joy in living a life that is rich and meaningful and fulfilling emotionally. We're going to talk about that with Christine. She has a lot of great insights into how she's done that, the active work she has put into her life to create a joyful one. And as always, I'm going to put in the show notes how to connect with Christine, particularly how to listen to her podcast, her award-winning podcast, Flourish in the Foreign. All right, let's dive into our last part of our conversation with business strategist and podcast host, Christine Joe. Okay, we are back with our final segment and conversation, part three of our conversation with Christine Job from the podcast Flourish in the Foreign. And as promised, our last kind of pillar of conversation I want to have with you is how you opt into joy in your personal life. This seems to be the one area that I feel like I feel like black women have it all the way together. Most black women I meet have it all the way together with their professional life, or they at least know the trajectory, particularly if you're a high achiever, if you're creative, whatever it is, black women love to talk about success and professionalism and what they're doing and what's next. But an area that continues to be of struggle for a lot of black women is in their personal life, is in their family dynamics and in their community and in relationships and in how they balance turning off work. That's the number one thing, right? That work is great and it's work, work, work and more work. And so I'd love to hear from you. You talk about how you center joy in the professional realm. Well, what do you do that's not related to work in your personal life? How do you continue that centering of joy in your life and opting into joy? 
I would have to say that this has been a very, hmm, it's been a very intentional cultivation and it has required me to be really honest about not only my personal life, but like my coping mechanisms, because like a lot of black women, I'll just work especially because I like to do what I do. So I'm like, I won't even deal with it. And I find, especially being abroad, that I was falling into a pattern. I won't say all of my time abroad, but I would say the last maybe two years being abroad, I was falling into a pattern of isolation, really. Because, you know, the pandemic, Everybody, I mean, I do everything online on my laptop. Everything is really here. I work from home. Uh, I'm an introvert. So like I was really like hardcore isolating. You know, I had a, a romantic relationship here in Spain. It went worse than bad. So it was. I was having to figure out how to heal and to reframe my life. Like, what is it that I want? And I think for a time, you know, going into your cave is good, but then it becomes an issue. And so I had to really show up for myself. And that was hard because also, you know, in the past two years, I moved from Barcelona to Valencia, Spain. And even though I studied abroad here 5 million years ago, I didn't know anybody like that here. So I I had to really put myself out there, but I needed to do so intentionally because again, I'm an introvert. I'm not going to every little thing to make some plans. Oh, I'll stay at home and work. What I found myself doing and how I really opted into it was taking some of the principles from work and creating the things I wish existed into community. So I created, you know, a podcasting group here in Valencia. It's thriving. It's been so interesting, the amount of podcasters that live here and come through here. I created a women's entrepreneurship group here in Valencia that's just become such a cozy little sisterhood of, you know, people that get it, you know, people get like, this sucks, you know, and how can (laughs) we help each other and how can we be in community with each other? So I've had to, and I say had to, because there was nothing like that, that I wanted to go to. And I'm very particular again, because I'm an introvert. So I'm not just going to anything that's on meetup.com. I'm not doing it. Oh, I, you know, I had to post in groups and was like, I'm going to assert myself and create it. And that's scary and uncomfortable. And you don't know what your return on investment is going to be like that's, but that's the whole thing about investing in your personal life. Like you have to go out there and create and to seek out the types of relationships that you wanted to create. Now I'm in a position where, you know, Again, it's 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 heartwarming, but you know, I have my podcasting meetup and everyone's like, I'm so grateful that you created this. This is so amazing. I have my women's entrepreneurship group. They're like, this is incredible and everything like that. But I had to create something that I wanted to experience because I I have particular tastes in how I want to spend my time and the type of people I want to be in community with. So I did have to to do that. I have to. I had to opt into trying. And I think sometimes that's hard because 
you know, especially in the States, you know, you have your friends that you went to, you know, middle school, high school, college, law school, and that's it. And everyone's like, it's hard to make friends as an adult. We'll try it as an adult. And you live abroad. You speak a different language, like a different like mother tongue. Very hard. And sometimes, you know, your your common language is someone else's like second or third language. Like, come on. So there is a cultivation. And I always say cultivation because I know like I know that the things that we desire the most don't just befall us. We do need to opt out of things like Mm -hmm. weed the area. Then we need to till the soil. Then we need to drop the seeds of the fruits that we'd like to feast on in professional life, in in the personal life. I will say also though, while you're cultivating the fruits that you like to feast on, you also need to put up a fence and you need to put up a scarecrow. Because there are boundaries and there are there are people that are just not going to be able to be in your life in this next chapter of your life. And that's what I've I've learned. And it's heartbreaking because some of these people you feel, of course, you would be here. That's part of your role and title. And it's not. It's not. And you have to come to grips with that. And I think that's also something that living abroad does. It sifts a lot of people who are really your friends. Yes. Like you, you will sift. You know, one of my best friends that I met in law school, I was, I was going through it last year around this time. She was supposed to go to Mexico for her birthday. She flew to rainy Valencia. It was rainy and cold. And like, that's a friend. That's a friend. I didn't ask her to do it, but that's a friend, right? There's not, not everyone is going to be able to, to not even just be happy for you. Not everyone's going to be able to, to help you cultivate this personal yeah. life. Which not everyone is dropping. Exactly. Not everyone wants, exactly. Not everyone wants to pull the weeds. Not everyone wants to point out like, oh, you missed this part. Make sure you, you know, do this. Not everyone is dropping seeds of of affirmation, of prosperity, of abundance for you. Right. Not everyone is. A lot of people are waiting to feast off of you. And I think that's what's so important to to recognize. And, you know, that kind of thing it's hard to reconcile because that's the type of thing that makes you want to isolate. But I've had to stand in my, in my truth, I guess, and say, I'm going to be open and available. I'm going to be soft hearted and vulnerable for the interactions and the people and the experiences I want to have for me to do that though means that I cannot be available to the people who have already shown themselves incapable of this type of space, this type of, of energy. Yes. Because as a person, I can't be hard hearted and I can't be isolated from the world. I can't, I don't want to, that's not how I thrive. So I've had to say, if I'm going to be, you know, my sensitive Capricorn self, because I am like, I'm a little bit, I'm sensitive down, down deep, down deep. I am a softie, you know, (laughs) people be like software. I'm like, Deep in the core. It's there. The core it's there. There's the a, earth. That's... A, a mustard grain size seed of softness. It's there though. It's there. It's there to be even more. 
I want to be open. I want to be have my arms outstretched. I do. I, I want to come from that kind of energy. I don't want to have to be on guard or suspicious or be like, oh, here we go. And I don't. But I have to recognize that that's on me to say, no, you can you can tell me what you want to tell me from all the way over there. That's that's how we're going to do from this. a distance. You can love from a distance. That's what I say. Yeah. It requires you to, you know, maybe not share as much and keep people up to date and all those types of things. But honestly, that's how I have opted into community. That's how I've been able to be open to community and open to a vibrant and hopefully get even more vibrant personal life is I had to recognize that that's not going to befall me. Like I'm, there's not enough like Netflix shows of like funny rom-coms or friend shows that are just going to like happen for me. Yes. And I'm not the type of person that likes, you know, things off the rack anyway, basically. I like custom everything. I like bespoke to me. Like I think again, Joy takes work, but it's not necessarily bad work. I mean, I think Black women are not scared. One thing I know about Black women is we're not scared of work. It's just about where we put our energy and our cynicism around what the benefits might be of the work we might be doing. But it's about living in the affirmative. It's about going out there in cultivating this life of joy, of opting into joy is an active process. And it's not just like, okay, I'm trying to be a good person now magically people will drop from the sky. But what I will say is like, there's a little bit of like synchronicity or I don't know what the other word is. That's the fancy, fancy word for like alignment or sprinkles of like just magic in some ways, I guess is the best way to say it, where you do actually while you're working on things, people do pop up and you're like, oh, yes, I want you in my life. Yes, I'm picking you for the community because you are showing up in a way that people are responding or seeing or gravitating, but you still have to live in the affirmative of doing the work and you still have to let go. I think the most important piece of what you said is you cannot have the good until you let go of the what doesn't work. Absolutely. I just feel like, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, moving abroad isn't going to solve your issues because everywhere you go, you bring yourself. And that goes for regardless if you're abroad or not. Every chapter of your life, you bring yourself. So if you are not liking the results, we have to look at ourselves. And that sucks because it's like, I want it to be everyone else. Everyone else sucks, not me. <laughs> like, I'm right. Great. Absolutely. You have to be honest with yourself and you can't take, you know, mindsets that don't serve you, especially abroad. I always tell people, you will break your own heart manifesting the exact same cycles you were trying to escape in the US, the UK, wherever, in a foreign land. Yes. And he he just has a, a foreign accent and that's it. You know, it's, yes. like, it's always and it's even more heartbreaking. Always, it's going to be more heartbreaking because you have this expectation that doesn't not only not get met, but it's even lower and you end up in more, in so many ways, more hurt. If you bring that attitude with you. Of course. It's an amazing experience that way, but just know that it's a cultivation. And I know that a lot of the women listening are going to be tired of working because they're like more work. No, I don't want to hear that. I want to get some, you know, coconut. I want to be on a hammock, whatever. Well, that's vacationing. 
And living abroad is different from vacationing. So I got to tell you that. Okay. So if you're looking for Very a vacation, different. girl, go on a vacation. Go on. Yes. But if you're looking to live abroad, it is going to be a cultivation, but it is such an amazing return on your investment. Because if you do so, if you move abroad with intention, then you will see all of the fruit of your labor. And it's not going to feel like labor because it is no. going to feel like you are doing the things that you want to do and you're getting the results or the communities or the experiences that you actually want to be having. But like you said, Kelly, you do have to make space for it. You can't bring everything in your entire apartment, house, you know, luggage over abroad and be like, oh, I'm going to make it work with this. Like, no, yeah, let's go. No, you're not. Go. No, you're not. And yeah. Honestly, it's going to be the stuff that you want to let go. It's going to be some of the stuff that you don't want to let go too identity or whatever. It's going to be some stuff that you're actually like, I can't let this go. And you're going to have to, to really enter into the richness and the sweetness of this next chapter of your life. Agree. Can't say it any better. Christine Job, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for this great conversation that I know so many people are going to be inspired by and also understand better what it takes to have this, as you said, echo chamber of joy in your life by opting out of struggle. So thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Check out Flourish in the Forum. Thank you for having me. I love this. This is so much fun. Thank you so much. So that's it for today's episode. Here are a few ways where you can support this podcast. First things first, if you haven't, subscribe and follow the podcast. We're streaming on all major platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just to name a few. Subscribe and get each new episode as it drops. Secondly, subscribe to the newsletter. We have a monthly newsletter that is chock full of goodness and updates, as well as first access to all the giveaways we do here at Black Girl Burnout. Are you following us on our socials? If not, what are you waiting for? You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Black Girl Burnout and on Twitter at BLK Girl Burnout. Last but not least, make our day and leave a review. Your five stars truly Give me and the team so much energy and we appreciate you so much. Until we speak next, take care of yourself and take care of each other. I can't save nobody. I put my game down sorry. I'm gonna need some boundaries. Cause I'm giving my peace. Thank you again to Kelly Bonner of the Black Girl Burnout Podcast. Thank you so much, Kelly, for having me on your show. And as always, big thanks to Zachary Higgs, who produced the music of this here podcast. Remember, it's not about moving abroad. It's not about being abroad. It's about flourishing abroad. So go abroad and cultivate a life well lived. See you next time.